0: This is Wicket's
1: World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Busy, busy time for sports. We got them all going on right now. Game 1 of the World Series tonight. You can hear... The entire World Series here in Des Moines, right here on ESPN Des Moines, 1021 FM and 1350. We got football tomorrow. Drake plays early, and then we have an NFL doubleheader. Oh, game two of the World Series tomorrow night here on ESPN Des Moines. Uh, game three is Monday. Sunday, we got a doubleheader. We got the, the Vikings and the Cardinals, followed by, I think, the Commanders and the Colts. Oh, live sports all weekend, of course, right here on ESPN Des Moines. Uh, I want to bring in my first guest this week. You read his incredible work at golongtd.com. He's been a longtime NFL writer. He's a friend of mine. He's got a book out we're definitely going to talk about. But I want to bring in Tyler Dunn here. Tyler, I am rocking. Still wearing my Packers green and gold despite the season being what it is. You are in Buffalo where you live. Um, the site of Sunday night football. Packers and Bills. The number is 11 and a half. Am I crazy to think that that's not enough? to get uh, Green Bay close to the Bills Sunday night?
0: Wicket. It is beautiful to hear your voice once more. <laughs> it's been way too long. By the way, your, the, your intro, I, I can't think of a, a better intro for you. That was, that was great. <laughs> Thank it's you. Perfect. Wicket swirl. Uh, it's been long overdue. Yeah, I think it may- maybe it should be in the 20s, right? I don't think it's really going to be close. <laughs> I think mean, Green Bay to be in the Super Bowl, too. I was all about Green Bay, and I, I thought there was a formula that could work, that, uh, you know, after kind of bashing your head against the wall every January trying to win a certain way, you had to realize that your quarterback just isn't going to, you know, make it happen himself. He needs a dominant defense, a dominant run game, and maybe make a few plays in the fourth, and that'd be good. You know, take take the team out to the back alley, and they just can't win that way, apparently. I mean, the defense is just average, and whether it's the quarterback or the head coach, they don't seem too keen on running the football. The line's not very good, and Aaron Rodgers is just an ordinary quarterback, and that's actually being quite kind. He, he's bad. You know, he doesn't want to take accountability for anything. Um, That's his prerogative, I suppose, and, and not surprising on that front. But,
1: yeah, it's not, it's not $150 million worth, I'll tell you that much. So you don't like your Super Bowl pick. Is that what you're saying, Tyler? I don't. know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, Buffalo's rolling
0: here, too. Yeah. I mean, they're just. Yeah. I mean, I, there's hard to find a flaw on their roster. They they addressed what they needed to in Vaughn Miller, and uh, they needed to get after Patrick Mahomes. And he, he single-handedly ended the last three Kansas City drives, as, as people out there probably know. So uh, he, he's a difference maker. Uh, Josh Allen's an MVP candidate. They're, they're coming off a bye They've had time to prepare. They're at home. I mean, their offense is a juggernaut anywhere, at home especially, unless it's, you know, 70-mile-per-hour wins. They, they tend to score a lot of points. So it's, it's going to be tough. And, I, you know, we, we've probably talked about it before, Mike, but what a missed opportunity for Brian Gudekins in Green Bay. You know, I, I know he was an MVP quarterback, but two off-seasons in a row, you had, the, you had the chance to do what Seattle did you know, on anabolic steroids, get, get four first rounders, get three second rounders, get a package of players, name your price and unload Aaron Rodgers because it's inevitable. Every hall of fame quarterback is going to you know get close to that cliff. And he's getting pretty close. His mobility is getting a little more shot. His arms getting a, uh, just losing a little bit on that fastball. He's just kind of average. And now they're going to be in salary cap. Hell, whenever he retires, it's, it's going to get ugly. And it's, I know, hey, everybody said I was crazy, but that was a great chance to really be bold and, and do something to set the franchise up to win win for the next decade.
1: Well, Packers fans just would have been up in arms is as a, as a weak way to describe that. But I, I know what you're saying. I mean, they, the, the, the franchise did this with Favre. They moved on. Now, Favre had a good year in New York and a great year in Minnesota before falling off the cliff. We're watching what's happening with with Tom Brady, I think it's a different situation with Brady because I think with Brady, and I'm going to talk more about this at length, and I'd love to know what you think about Brady, but I think with Brady, as he's human. Off-the-field stuff affects your, your preparation, your life. Your, it's, you can't just shut everything off, and if you're going through a divorce, oh. I, I really feel like that is translating, and that is affecting his play on the field. Now that it's officially official today, not that I care, Maybe he can go five and two over the next seven. I don't know, but we see it. I mean, it's funny. We think about Russell Wilson, how poorly he's playing. Dude's 33. You know, Russell Wilson is not 38 or 45 like Rodgers and Brady, but you are seeing guys just fall off cliffs that we expected to play at high levels.
0: Absolutely. It's so true. The the old guard is just that. They're old. And I'm totally with you on the human side of the game because we don't talk about that nearly enough. I think we're so just desensitized and we all have our fantasy football lineups. We plug in and our gambling apps. And we just, we forget that these are human beings uh, behind that face mask. And I cannot imagine going through what Tom Brady is going through right now. The guy retired. He was retired for a while. He comes out of retirement. It clearly just, pisses his white off his wife off. And now they're divorced. Yep. And he's in the middle of a season. I mean, he, he left training camp. Yep. Right. I mean, he, he just left his team for a while. He, he goes to Robert Kraft's wedding. You know, I think that was a Wednesday, right? When you're really putting in a game plan. It was, I don't know. I, I really don't know uh, what's going through his head. I don't think anybody does, but it, it's safe to assume that it, it is affecting his play. And, uh, I, you know, that's we'll, we'll see if he turns it around. I mean, I, I'm with you. He's I, I, the last... Person I'll ever count out. He re- he really is that uh, Michael Myers villain that you know coming back for the 18th <laughs> sequel that we don't want to see. But he's there. He's there, and he's probably going to win. So, uh, I, I, mean, I I think
1: if if it would not surprise me if they figure it out in the second half. I mean, they're still favored to win their division because the NFC South is bad. I don't know if there's time for Rodgers to figure it out. And then there's the other old guy quarterback and Matt Ryan who's now benched for Sam Ellinger in Indianapolis. It's like. We are, I mean, it's, it's a bad year to be an old quarterback in the NFL.
0: It is, it is. And it's, I think there's two ways to think about this. You know, I've, I do a podcast with Jim Monas. He's scouted for two decades, you know, with the Eagles, the saints with the bills. So, you know, he's been in this game, you know, the hell of a lot more than me. And he has made the case that if you have one of these quarterbacks,
2: you clutch
0: dearly to these quarterbacks. It's a Hall of Famer. Like, you do not want to slip into purgatory because franchises in purgatory tend to stay there for years, if not decades and decades. And um, he got it. I mean, hey, if, if Rodgers is the MVP, like you just operate on his terms. And he has it. He's got a seat at the personnel table. He can do whatever he wants at the line of scrimmage. You watch him at the floor press conference and you wonder,
1: is he really a coach? Is he in right? charge? I mean, like I do I, with my podcast too. That's all Patrick Packers centric. I have the same question. Who's in charge of the offense. Who's in charge of play calling. Who's in charge of the green Bay Packers specifically offensively. Cause LaFleur doesn't do much there, but who's in charge up there. It's Aaron. I mean, they, yeah.
0: they just bent the knee. I mean, Aaron held them hostage all off season. I mean, Brian, three off seasons,
1: Tyler, three off seasons. <laughs> well, one, one,
0: especially like one right up to the eve of training camp where I mean, it's, it is the number one talking point at every radio show, every podcast, every TV show. It's like it's everywhere. I mean, you're getting embarrassed and, and you just. They, they, they got a Randall Cobb, you know, you get one of his best friends on the team. Who's just a washed up, slow slot receiver. Who's not going to provide much and take snaps away from a younger receiver. You, you tell him like, Hey, we're going to make a personnel decision. You're going to have a say we're bringing you into the equation. And God, I mean, I I don't care if he got the shot or not. I really don't, but he wanted everybody to think he did. I mean, they let him just lie to everybody publicly about being immunized. He can just kind of do whatever he wants. Really? And they made that decision. And to Monus' point, my pod co-host, part of me gets it because he is so talented. But I I still think you had a chance to get out of this all, you know, just accumulate picks and assets and players and just move on. You drafted a quarterback in the first round, right? Hello. You, You did that. You went halfway. And now they're kind of like uh, half pregnant, as Rex Ryan loved
1: to say. <laughs> <Not laughs> I don't a, even know if that's face a face thing, face. Tyler. I'm not a smart guy. Tyler Dudd is joining us, golongtd.com. We're going to talk about his book coming up because it, your book is called The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Saved Football. And I remember growing up, Tyler, I, I, I think I'm a little older than you. I'm 41. I don't remember if I'm a little older than you or right in the same ballpark, whatever. But like when I was growing up, It was Jay Novacek. It was Brent Jones. Like, those were the two tight ends. Shannon Sharp wasn't a thing yet in my world. And Shannon Sharp was the first, like, big explosive tight end that was an offensive weapon. What made you write a book about maybe not the sexiest part of an offense, but a really important part of an offense and tight ends? You you know, I've always wanted to write a book, Mike. I just didn't know what it was going to be about. And nothing
0: Green Bay or Buffalo-related is – has really got the juices going in terms of a book, you know. Because if you're taking this project on, you better freaking love it. It's going to be at the forefront of your brain every day for a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it, like I, I, love football. I've been around the sport my entire life, playing it, covering it, all of that. And the tight end position just seemed like the perfect in. You have to do everything. You have to block in the trenches. You gotta, you, you gotta get your roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty. But then when it's third and eight, and the team needs to play and a game's on the line, the season's on the line, there's 80,000 screaming fans, you're the go-to guy in that situation. There is the glitz and the glam and the glory all kind of mixed in. I mean, you've got to be intelligent next to the quarterback. Nobody on the, on the offensive side of the ball needs to know more than the tight end. And there's all sorts of mental toughness. I mean, it's unbelievable what these guys have gone through. So th- that was the end. And then I just started traveling the country, hanging out with all these guys, And honestly, it became a book about life more than anything. I think that anybody in any profession in life can learn so much about themselves through the NFL tight end. And I'm so glad we're talking. I should have reached out to you, Mike, because I feel like if you live in Iowa, you want to buy this book. I mean, (laughs) Iowa is tight end you and Dallas Clark is just about the best human being that anybody could meet in their lives. And we, we talked for hours on end, and I, it wasn't nearly enough. A Dallas Clark, unbelievable story, Livermore, Iowa, uh, to do what he did there with the Hawkeyes, with paid men and in Indianapolis Colts. It, it's um,
1: inspiring, to put it lightly. Did you come to Iowa and not call me? <laughs> You know what? We
0: actually zoomed like crazy. Oh, so we, okay. we talked a lot. I know I right. I we we caught up toward the back end. So if deadlines were a thing, uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah. I, I know I know uh, it yeah. may, Or maybe I'm lying to you and I just wanted to avoid uh, it.
1: I I you you have your kids, I have my three. You needed a break. I understand. Uh <laughs> the blood and guts, how tight ends say football, you can get it at Amazon. Tyler Dunn is our guest. He's the one that wrote this bad boy. Um what was the, the, the most surprising interview that you did? Which tight end and their stories and their message do you think people would be like, huh, didn't expect that?
0: Boy, you know, D- Dallas is definitely right up there, you know, from, you know, losing his mother in his arms as a high school senior to, you know, I had no idea he was more Rudy than Rudy himself there at Iowa. It, it's crazy. I mean, he was, you know, six, seven on the linebacker depth chart. And uh, they didn't, he didn't even have a number at first. They'd write like three digits and magic marker on his gear. He told the story of like signing out for socks and like the, the equipment guy kind of just threw the socks at him, like treating him like a subhuman. getting <laughs> he his face beat in. He's literally mowing the field at Kinnick stadium and selling the campus newspaper. And he's a, he's a test dummy for psychology students. He's just to make a few extra bucks. It's, it's unbelievable how low he was on the totem pole there. And it really did take Kirk Ferentz looking at Dallas Clark and thinking, wow, here's somebody that is unbelievable in the weight room with Chris Doyle. All of his numbers are just off the charts. Why does he stink at linebacker? He just gets en- just engulfed in all the clutter and he-, he moves him to tight end and everything takes off. He's just instantly born to be a tight end. And I-, I think that is a theme where the tight end position really does choose you. You have a certain set of characteristics as a human being and Dallas is- case and all these guys get just indomitable drive, unbelievable work ethic. Um, you know what? There's a good chance you went through some personal trauma in your life to that degree. And it, it just, you just had to have to this magnetic pull to the tight end to evolve the position, but more so evolve the sport itself. Um, so yeah, he, he's right up there, but yeah, I, I hung out with Jeremy Shockey down at Miami beach. Uh, you got to have a few
1: beers with Jeremy. What's it like drinking? Wait, wait, Tyler, what's it like drinking beers with Jeremy Shockey on Miami beach?
0: You know, we were just at a yard house, so we were in- indoors at a bar, and I think he got, I want to say it was vodka water, vodka water, something like okay. that. So uh, he's watching, you know, watching the car, watching the weight a little bit. Right,
3: right, right, It was
0: wild. It was wild. Yeah, he just is a hurricane, a human hurricane, storming into a bar, talking nonstop, and, you know, it's insane that his mind can keep up with his mouth. And uh, his—I his, mean, it, it, it's unbelievable where he comes from. His backstory is, is, is crazy in itself, but... At the U, he really was the one in college, in the middle of every scrum, every fight, throwing punches. He brought the swagger back. I mean, him and Ed Reed, they'd go at it constantly. You know, on the New York Giants. Day one, training camp one, practice number one. He's he's getting into a fight with Brandon Short in the team cafeteria. Uh, he, he's as close as the game has seen to Mike Dicka, who started it all. Uh, I feel like people are going to come away from this book really uh, – appreciating what Jeremy Shockey did for preserving just that animalistic apex predator violence that we love so much in
1: football is uh Rob Gronkowski crazy
0: Well I I I I to put a mildly, yes. <laughs> 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 I don't even know
1: what to start. I Bammering mean, <laughs> I, I don't have a ton of time left with you here, Tyler. I realize. But, I know, I know, I but like thinking, I, I, I feel like we should have done all. 50, we should have done all fifteen minutes on Gronk. But in like twenty seconds, is there a Gronk tale you can tell us that people are going to want to read about in this book?
0: Twenty fourteen AFC Championship game, they win. Everybody goes back to Gronk's house in Foxborough. Strobe lights, DJ, scantily clad girls. James Devlin, the fullback, he's there with his wife, and he said that somebody came up to him, and he thinks it was one of Gronk's buddies back in Buffalo. Just starts going full Stevo, just grinding up on his wife, and it's just like, what is going on here? What what dimension did I step into? So yeah, <laughs> Gronk loved himself a good house party, and we've got all the stories in there that people will absolutely love to read it. And Gronk says that it helped him as a player; he partied so much and danced constantly. And it, it wasn't just drinking beers. I mean, just doing a little vodka water. He really thinks dancing and drinking and partying helped him as an NFL tight end.
1: Who would have thought MDA on boats and cruises would have made you a Hall of Fame level tight end? I never could believe that. I would. <laughs> hey, uh, Tyler, thank you so much for the time, man. It is awesome to talk to you. The book is called The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. You can get it on Amazon, wherever you get your books, hardcover, Kindle, audiobook, whatever you need. Uh, Tyler, the book looks awesome, man. Thank you so much. And congratulations on the book because I know how hard you've been working on it.
0: Dude, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it, Mike. And I really think, you know, Kirk Barrett, we, we probably talked for over an hour for this as well. So I think everybody out there would love to hear from a, a familiar, a familiar voice. It was a lot of fun learning about the real tight end you
1: Tyler. Thanks, man. We'll do it again soon. You got it, Mike. Thanks. Tyler Dunn, read his fine work, go And again, the book, you can get it for that football fan. Maybe this Christmas, the blood and guts, how tight ends save football. It is everywhere that uh, that you find your books. I got my fifteen minutes of fame this week, Kara. You know that? I, I do. You do? I do. We're going to hear a very edited, bleeped out conversation about me on a national show in front of millions of people. That was one of the highlights of my week, and it's next. <laughs> 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. My thanks again to Tyler Dunn, golongtd.com. If you are into short-form, quick blurbs, maybe an entire point being made by a tweet, his site is not for you. But if you're into long-form stuff, a lot of words, in-depth coverage, talking to a lot of people, a lot of guests, golongtd.com. And he's got a book out again. Uh, if you are interested in it, it's it's Awesome. The Blood and Guts, How Tight Ends Save Football. He's talked to Dallas Clark. He spent time with Kirk Ferentz. Talked to Ben Coates. Talked to Ditka. Talked to uh, Tony G, Shockey, Gronk. All the great tight ends. Pick it up on Amazon or wherever you get your books for Christmas. So if you're familiar with sports, you're probably familiar with the Pat McAfee show. You know who Pat is. He's got the national show on YouTube. He's the uh, seemingly the replacement for Lee Corso on College Game Day after they... Finally, and I love Lee Corso, but it's getting tough to watch Lee on Saturday mornings, all right? So you know Pat McAfee's going to be the guy. Pat's got huge money invested in him from I think from FanDuel. He's got the show. So, I mean, Pat's doing all right. One of the best things that Pat does, one of the most successful things that Pat does, is Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, he talks to Aaron Rodgers. Now, his co-host on the show is A.J. Hawk. Of course, Hawk played with Rodgers in Green Bay for so long. And then they've got a crew of guys. One of them is actually an Iowan. His name's, uh, I think, Ty? Is that the guy's name? Sorry if I got it wrong. So you've probably seen the cuts or the, the quotes from Aaron Rodgers. And he went on. here I'm going to read you the. I have a tweet here. I'm going to read you some of the words of Rodgers. Goes on. You know, Packers aren't playing very well. Aaron Rodgers says, quote, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Got to start cutting some reps. Maybe guys who aren't playing, maybe give them a chance. Now, I don't know specifically who he's talking about. I have my guesses. But if you watch Green Bay play, Aaron's not playing well. But he takes zero responsibility. And I I do a podcast basically all about the Packers. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket if you want it. And so I tweeted out to Pat McAfee that I... I I couldn't hand, I was getting ready to record my podcast. And then I hear, I read all this stuff from, from Rogers. And I'm like, I, because I can't not address it in the podcast that is about the Packers when the quarterback of the Packers is the one saying these things. And lo and behold, in front of his 2 million subscribers, I made the McAfee show. This tweet was from
2: Mike Wicket. Okay. Mike Wicket. He is uh, Lee McNabb's husband. Congrats to them on getting married. Way to go, Lee. You got a good catch there. Absolutely. Uh, He's a mute button user, so he he doesn't want to block you and give you the peace of mind that you upset him, but he's not going to hear from you. Sure. Uh, I enjoy the mute button. I will also block him because we do a lot of giveaways. (laughs) i like that person to have no chance of winning anything. Yeah, right. So well, I've kind of come full circle on it. I understand the mute button. I appreciated the mute button. I thought it was a good move by Twitter. But now I'm at the point where it's like, nah, nah. See ya. Burn yeah. Gone forever. So I appreciate Mike Wickett utilizing the mute button. Mm-hmm. I assume he too will come back to the block game because it just feels, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, pretty good out so. there. Hashtag family first. Hashtag go pack go. Hashtag fear the deer. Hashtag go blue. Hashtag Draft King Rocket, I oh. believe, is what he... DKNG, I think, is that Rocket? Sure. Oh, yeah. And the arc, it's going upwards. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Well, well, well. He's from West Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, West Des Moines, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, is it a beautiful place? It oh, is. It is. So, so by all accounts, I think we like this guy. Yeah, I think so. so far. I was going to record my podcast for this week, this afternoon, but I need to digest all of this nonsense being spewed by Rogers on Pat McAfee show with zero pushback. Oh. What do we do? Did he say he's not getting vaccinated again? Nice. Did we f***ing want to kill her on the show again? Is that what happened? Oh. What was the pushback? Mike Wickett, good guy. We just read all about him. Love this guy. Westmore Iowa, big-time Pac fan. Did I miss something? <laughs> what did I miss? He uh-huh.
1: was in D.C.
2: this weekend. He was probably pushing some b- something like that. That's why they lost. Oh. <laughs> That's on us, Mr. Wickett. He was Wickett. probably celebrating A.J.'s birthday or trying to or something like that. We apologize for not covering <laughs> that, Mr. Wickett, Lee McNabb's husband. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> we are so sorry. What was the pushback, though, supposed to be? Honestly, I appreciate the reaction. That's why I always say let's react to the reaction because normally I'm promoting a killer or I sure. didn't ask the right questions or I was too easy on Aaron, even though I literally ask about everything in my own way. Yeah. And I feel like it is, you know, we get answers from basically everything if you're listening. What did I not push Well, you asked that leading question that he's all about. He did get a little fired up about And that. I asked yeah. that stupid question about the OC and quarterback coach I don't know what I didn't push back on. What was it? I wonder. So what did Mike Wicket <laughs> expect? me? He didn't, he's not even recording his podcast. He's so <laughs> upset about this.
1: Yeah. Well, this guy had hashtag go blue
2: in his, uh, from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> he's from Iowa. Tonight. He's not a <laughs> Iowa or
1: Iowa yeah. state fan <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> guy. Well, no, we don't know that. I'm
1: just saying. I don't that's care. That's all you gotta know. I don't care.
2: I'm just saying this guy isn't recording his.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to Ann Arbor, Mike. We no. don't want you in West Des Moines. Get
2: the <laughs> out of town. Well, why, why are you so angry with Mike? <laughs> uh, Mike's trying to make us better. Hawkeye State, all right? Not a rival in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. Go blue? My Is it it a rival, really? I don't know. Bob, (laughs) windshield? Oh, Hey. Uh, I mean, Big Ten Championship was a good game last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. Right? Right. Uh. One team's going
1: All right, so I I cried. (laughs) And I'm crying again listening to it. Because, again, it's a – I can – I do a one a one day a week show in Des Moines, Iowa. All right, that dude's got two million people with tens of millions of dollars being pumped in by FanDuel. Like, I, who am I to knock Pat McAfee? All right, that guy's doing it right. I'm doing my thing right. He's doing his thing right. I do the morning show on Laser. I do this as well on Fridays. I do. I, it, who am I to tell Pat McAfee he's doing it wrong? Right? <laughs> it's not your traditional sports talk show, you know. You, there's not a lot of pushback to Aaron Rodgers from A.J. Hawk and from Pat McAfee because that's their boy. That's their guy. They don't want to push him the right way. When you actually do ask Aaron a question on that show, or he does get one that is um, challenging, <laughs> Aaron won't answer it. And then he'll just say, no, I'm not answering that. Like they asked him, uh, are you going to be involved in the – you know, possibility of making a trade before the trade deadline, which is Tuesday in the National Football League. And he said, I'm not going to answer that. Or something to the effect of I'm not going to answer that. And that's fine. That's the pushback, though. What I wanted to know is why didn't anyone say, well, Aaron, you're ranked in EPA 37th out of 43 quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Aaron, you're on pace to only rush 22 times when that was to be a huge factor in why Aaron Rodgers was so great when he was, you know, a few years ago hell last year he's on the he's never run fewer than he is right now at this point in in the league you know he looks angry he's fre- what are you going to play better aaron and it's not all on rodgers but it's partially on rodgers it's on rodgers it's on the o line it's on the defense it's on the guys not catching the ball it's on guys going the wrong way and he's right like aaron's not stupid aaron knows more about football than 99.9% of us on this planet so when he says we're making too many mistakes some of those are you. It's never Aaron's fault and that's what upsets me. Because I, I love this team. I'm a huge fan of Rodgers on the field, but Rodgers never takes accountability. And no one in Green Bay media is ever going to ask him because they don't the, the Packers will immediately rip their credential. You won't be allowed in the press box. You won't be able to get access to the team. And in the state of Wisconsin, there are two things that push the, that move the needle, the Packers and the weather. Those are the only two things people ever will just tune into the radio or turn on the TV and watch regardless. It's not the Bucs. It's not the Brewers. It's not the Badgers. All right? It's not even politics. That state's so weird. But it's the it's the Packers and the weather. And if you don't bend the knee to the Green Bay Packers, you will not get your credential. You will not be allowed in the Valhalla, in the Castle, in the Fortress, up in Titletown, USA, you will not be allowed to cover the team from Lambeau. So no one ever is going to say, well, Aaron, you're not playing well. Why don't you, like last week, did you, did anybody see the story at Cleveland.com? Iowa went to Ohio state last week and the offense was putrid as usual. All right. Spencer Peters was terrible. Brian Ferentz's offense is the worst in the national football league or sorry, worse than college football. Excuse me. The only people that will grill. Kirk Ference are non-Iowa media members. and the dude whose name I don't know, he talked about replacing Ference, replacing uh, Petrus with Padilla, and he wrote a scathing article about how it's not uh, the Barda, Gary Barta the, the ads not in charge in Iowa City. It's Kirk Ference. but Iowa media, who, some of whom I am friends with, Iowa media' is not going to go after Kirk Ference. They don't want to piss off the king. They don't want to make Kirk Ferentz mad. That's not a thing they want to do because they won't be allowed inside Kinnick and maybe Carver Hawkeye. They won't be allowed inside Kinnick to cover what is a lot of their bread and butter. And that is Iowa football because Iowa football is king in this state. Sorry, Iowa State, your little brother. Iowa football is king in this state. As bad as Iowa is, that stadium is going to be sold out. People are looking at blogs. People are reading articles. People are watching everything. People are listening to the radio. You don't want to make the King mad. And, and nobody the King in Green Bay, or Bay or Packers Lefler. media is going to go not after Aaron, Aaron and say, the King is there. why aren't you playing better? You can blame Romeo Dubs all you want. You can blame Royce Newman, who's been terrible at right guard. That's fine. Joe Barry's defense, blah, blah, blah. But the quarterback has sucked. This is one of the worst years Aaron Rodgers has had. And he factors into the Packers' struggles. 100% he's a factor. Is he the biggest factor, number two, number three? I don't care. But that show, that's what made me mad, is when he's blowing, uh, when they're blowing up all the other guys, all the other players, and he's blasting, you know, without saying my name, you know, there's some guys out there that got a, such a typical air and answer, too. Guys out there, uh, guys got to play better. Maybe if there's some guys that aren't playing well, they should be probably be benched, and guys who aren't playing should get a chance to play. If he really believes the season comes down to Samare Toure playing wide receiver, then forget it, <laughs> All right. But that's why I put out that tweet. I appreciate Pat McAfee reading it. I made the big board, the big screen, in their big fancy studio. Kira, that was that was great. I picked up like a dozen new followers on Twitter. I got tweeted at by Ty, the guy who one minute said "good guy," the next minute said "go
3: f yourself." <laughs> like I was like, "This is great." See, that's what matters. This, yeah, is that you got the twelve new followers.
1: Hey, I'll take it. Follow me at Mike Wicket. Two T's. You too can follow me for more incredible tweets that make their way to the Pat McAfee show and I get my 15 minutes of fame. If you do want to watch that entire, follow me on Twitter. I put the whole link up. You got to go about two hours and 54 minutes into that show. That was my 15 minutes of fame. I've had a heck of a week. I talked to Mike Holmgren, the uh, Hall of Fame Super Bowl coach for 90 minutes on Sunday. I made McAfee's show on Tuesday. I mean, my goodness. Maybe Sunday will be good. Probably not. We're going to talk about a 38-year-old quarterback, a little more. And we're talking about a 45-year-old quarterback next. 1021 FM, 1350 ESPN Des Moines, Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Hey, coming up tonight, game one of the World Series, Phillies and Astros right here on ESPN Des Moines. So if you're a baseball fan, you want to listen to the World Series out and about today or tomorrow, Game one and two tonight. uh, We've got it for you. Drake football coming up tomorrow as well. That's early in the day, followed by the World Series game Sunday. We've got an NFL doubleheader. we got Minnesota and Arizona. I need a big game out of Kirk Cousins. Let's go, Kirk. I don't care how many interceptions you throw. Just give me a couple of TDs, Kirk. We'd be good. hate rooting for the Vikings. But he's my fantasy quarterback in one of my leagues, and I need him to be... I need a good floor out of Kirk Cousins. I don't need him to be great. I just need him to be not terrible. Ask it a lot out of Kirk Cousins. But it's not Monday night. It's not a primetime game. So I think I'll be all right. Uh, and then after that, we'll have Colts Commanders, the debut of Sam Ellinger, as the starting quarterback of the Colts. And then game three, Monday, of the World Series. Monday, we'll have that. Got it for you right here. Uh, if we have time before we get out of here, Kira wants to talk about a sick turtle. So, uh
3: no. I, I, thought it's, no, it's, on, on. <laughs> it's on my,
1: it's on my sheet here, Kara, to talk about your sick turtle. So we'll get to that coming up. Um, so he, I'm, I'm just going to lay this out for you. I think the fact that Tom Brady's divorce from Giselle is making national headlines is lame. I mean, we just took over for Barton Hahn. They were talking about it. You go on Twitter. It's like the number one trending. I don't care. I feel bad. Um, I've never been divorced. I'm married right now. Plan on being until I die. Um, I've watched a lot of divorce in my life happen. Both of my parents, uh, my my parents got divorced. My mom got divorced again. Like it, it's just, it it sucks. Divorce is no fun for anybody. And I realize that my life, and if, probably if you're listening to us in the Des Moines area, here on the radio or streaming or whatever, you don't, you know, your life isn't Brady's life and your life isn't Giselle's life. You're not a, Supermodel, and you're not a seven time NFL Super Bowl champion. It's very different. And anytime a high profile relationship breaks up like that, it becomes, you know, it, it becomes a thing. I, I feel bad for Brady, I feel bad for Giselle, I feel bad for the kids because it sucks. Brady brought this upon himself, though. When, when he should have stayed retired, he could have become a family man. He should have stayed retired and gone into the TV booth and he would have made more money in TV than he made from the last 5 years playing football. I got I actually got a story about that coming up here in just a second, but I want to talk about where the bucks are going cuz to me that's more important. The story isn't Brady and Giselle's divorce, which sucks. But the story is what is it doing to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Cuz you if you watch the game last night, if you watch the Bucks and the uh, the Ravens on Thursday night football. And you've watched Brady play this year. He, he He doesn't look right. And I don't know if he really misses Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles who took over and he don't have the same connection and his offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich and he and the dynamic isn't the same without Arians there. But the Buccaneers don't look right. The Buccaneers look like they they can't move the football very well. I mean, Brady's still through for what? 325 last night, had the one touchdown pass, and went to Leonard Fournette. No, he he hit Mike Evans six times for a buck twenty-three, Chris Godwin for six seventy-five, but they don't finish anything off. They don't look polished like the the Buccaneers have looked in the last couple of years. And it stems from Brady. It does. I mean, you could talk about the offensive line, and we know the the injuries that happened on the interior of that offensive line. But Brady's throws look terrible. Like, Rodgers' throws look terrible. Brady's throws look terrible. He's throwing the ball into the ground a lot. Even when Brady has looked frustrated in his 22 years of playing in the NFL or however many years he's been in the league, you still sometimes saw a smile or a fire in him. I don't know if you see a competitive fire or a desire or a feeling like, if we just do this, everything's going to be fine. I think you see an angry quarterback who's not just affected by his team not playing well, but I think Tom Brady really is affected by his personal life. We know he had the 11 days off, the mystery 11 days. We know he went to Robert Kraft's wedding and missed time with uh, the football team with the Bucks. We've been hearing about all these ultimatums and how upset Giselle is. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what your profession is. When your significant other is unhappy with you, like, let's say you left the toilet seat up. Uh, t- your wife is mad at you for that. That's me. My wife, Lee, I think she's... She may have bought something that closes the lid on its own because I'm so bad at it. But I know she's mad at it. Mad at me when, when I get to work and I didn't put the toilet seat down. That's so minimal and minute, but it affects me. You know, or if I did something or said something or we got into a fight about something... Not that she would threaten to divorce me over it, but the next day, I'm not in a good place. I can't imagine with everything going on in that relationship with Brady and Giselle and their kids and Brady's life and Giselle's life. I mean, she's worth more than he is because of her supermodel career. And whatever's going on in their relationship, you can't tell me Brady can come to work and be a robot and turn it off and play well. And Brady's not having a very good year. Again, threw for 325 at a score last night. Hope you bet that. But this team is struggling just like the Packers are struggling in part because of Aaron Rodgers. Brady knows that his team is struggling in a lot, and I, a lot of different areas, and I think it has to do with him. You know, I
0: think we've struggled pretty much at everything. Struggling the red area, struggling third down, struggling the run game, two point plays, short yardage. Backed up, and start first quarter. Started the third quarter. Not very good offense football.
1: And you know who's got the ball on every play, on offense, the quarterback. You know it's not it's not hard to look at Tom Brady and some of the throws that he's making and they're inaccurate. Or you look at Brady and the body language. Brady looks skinny. Look at Tom Brady. He looks almost emaciated compared to what we normally see out of Tom Brady. He looks thin. I mean. Remember he was gone and he came back and his face looked like they had plastic surgery. Brady doesn't look good. Body language doesn't look good. His physical makeup doesn't look good. His play doesn't look good. You can't tell me that this is just father time catching up with Brady. I think off the field stuff is really, really affecting Tom. I do. And some people hate Brady. Some people love Brady. I appreciate greatness. All right. Um, you know, I I, I I talk to Bears fans and they appreciate Aaron Rodgers or they appreciate Brett Favre or Packers fans in the 80s appreciated Walter Payton, even though those guys were great for the teams that you hated or rooted against or whatever. I love watching Tom Brady play. You know, I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I love watching Patrick Mahomes play. I love watching Josh Allen play. I love watching great players play. Well, regardless of the sport, if I'm interested in the sport, I want to see the elite play. And Brady's the GOAT. Do I think he's the most talented thrower of the football ever? No, that guy currently plays in Green Bay. But his resume is going to say he's the GOAT because he has seven rings, and that's how we judge players. And that's fine. And one day we're going to look back and be like, man, Brady, God, too bad he's gone. And I hope that's not going to be you any know, anytime during the season. I think we all agree it's going to be the end of this year. But between now and the end of this year, Brady is seemingly going to try to work on stuff.
0: You know, just to try to figure out, you know, what we need to do better. You know, things that have worked, things that haven't worked. You know, figure if we can play more consistently, score more points, you know, put ourselves in a better position to win.
1: It's was kind of a generic answer there from Brady, right? But it's not, you know, just me sitting here in the ESPN Des Moines studios. Uh, Sam Ocho knows that Brady is playing poorly. Is Tom Brady under fire? Because we're
3: putting yeah. everybody else on. We're putting under fire. all the, all yeah, the
0: O-linemen and the receivers and the play calling and the head coach. But he's also been dirting balls multiple times through multiple times during the season. And so if it's hard for me to hear people talk about, man, this, you know, they, they don't have chemistry and the offensive line isn't good. When you also have the quarterback who's throwing the ball in the dirt with no pressure on
1: his in his face. It's true. And whether or not he's here in footsteps, whether or not he doesn't want to get hit again, I, I have no idea. More from ESPN, this time from Marcus Spears, who said Brady's seemingly cooked.
0: We have basketball season, and it just jumped off, Right. Kobe, last game, we saw him score 60. We knew Jordan could still get 25 when he was with the Wizards if he wanted to. He shot enough shots. That's the situation I see Tom Brady in right now. Like, we see the glimpses of greatness, and we know why we talk about Tom Brady in the light that we do. But they are cooked food, and Tom Brady is not the same player.
1: 26-44 for 325 at a touchdown last night. That was Tom Brady in the loss to the Ravens. It's not a great defensive team either. It's not uh, Ray Lewis's Ravens, but he threw for 325 and a score. You know, it's not on the other side. You know, look at Lamar, 27 to 38 for 238 and two touchdowns. Now, of course, Lamar's got nine carries for 43 yards. Different, different. You couldn't have two more diametrically opposite quarterbacks than you have in Brady and Lamar. With the damage they can do with their feet and their arms. But I just I. You can't tell me Tom Brady's not affected like any other human being on the planet would be by the end of his relationship with Giselle Bündchen. I just saw this story real quick because I know we got to get to a break here. Then we've got to talk about Kira's turtle. If the Buccaneers don't make it to the Super Bowl, there's a story out that Fox still wants to get Brady as part of the coverage of Super Bowl 57. Of course, the the story is already out. He's going to make like... million a year, which seems insane to me. $30 million a year to be the number one analyst for Fox, which, by the way, if you're Greg Olson and you were promoted this year, finally Buck and Aikman go on to ESPN. Hey, you're the number one guy. Come on in. Yeah, until we get Brady. I mean, it's it's okay to be the number two guy at Fox, the number two color analyst, but they want to get him in the booth. The most ambitious strategy calls for the uh, seven-time Super Bowl champion to be the third man in the booth, along with Olson and Kevin Burkhardt. Can you imagine being Greg Olson, who's doing a fine job. I think he does a good job. If you were listening earlier, I had a Tyler Dunn on the show. They sound exactly alike. I've always I text Tyler during games sometimes to make sure he's not actually Greg Olson. I think that would be an absolute slap in the face to Greg Olson if they put if the Bucks don't make the Super Bowl. If they put Brady in the booth, a three-man booth, for Brady's, like, first game or whatever, that, that's a that's a D move right there is what that is. More likely, he's going to be one of the 19 pregame hosts, along with Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, Howie Long, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Menefee, and Jay Glazer. There are too many people on pregame shows. We don't need more people on pregame shows. What is the rush to get Brady part of Super Bowl 57's TV coverage. Why not? Let's say the season ends and the Bucs lose in a wildcard game or whatever. Why not give Brady a year to shut football down, take care of his affairs, whatever's going on with Giselle, the legal splitting of all the things, figuring out his life, taking a break, go to the Maldives for a month, whatever. He's Brady's he's got more money than God. What's the rush to try to get Brady, you know, shoehorned into the coverage of Super Bowl 57. I think Brady's going to be good. You know, Do I think he's going to be great? I have no idea. Brady's usually been kind of a robot with his answers for 20-some years. Is he automatically going to bring in a bunch of flair and personality? Or are you going to tune in just because Brady's calling games? I've always said no. I've always said the game is what attracts me. I don't care if it's Joe Buck calling the game or if it's our producer Kira calling the game. Kira, if you're calling the game, I'm still watching, okay?
3: Oh, yes. thanks, Wicket.
1: Because it's football. It's not a knock on you, but I'm there to watch football. <laughs> so I don't understand why you're paying Tony Romo and uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck all these tens of millions of dollars to call football games. I'm like, you're spending all that money, you are you know, and, and I'm going to watch regardless. It does not matter. So there's your Brady conversation. I I don't care if he's getting divorced. I am sorry to see that he is getting divorced. I'm sorry for Giselle. Sorry for the kids. It shouldn't be, uh, you know. There's a lot of memes going on, I'll tell you that. That spirit Halloween meme with the costume. You can be a forty-five year old divorce quarterback. Yeah, it's, they're everywhere. They are. All right.
3: That's gross, by the way. On the record, that's gross. It
1: is. It is very. All right, coming up. Kira's sick turtle. Now I have questions. And we're gonna hammer those out next. One oh two one FM thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. Wickets World, my name is Mike Wicket. Don't forget World Series Game 1 coming up tonight. Game 2 tomorrow night. Drake football early tomorrow. So we've got live sports all weekend long, as always, here on ESPN Des Moines. And then on Sunday, we've got the NFL doubleheader. Got the uh, Vikings and the Cardinals and then the Colts and Commanders after that. So, seriously, you're going to be out and about on Sunday, getting ready for beggars night. Whatever it is, keep it right here. And then Monday on Halloween, we got the World Series game number 3. And we'll have all the games throughout the week as we get in through uh, into the uh, the Phillies and the Astros. Kira is our producer. Kira? Yes. <laughs> Kira said to me, you know, I had a bad week. Not as bad as last week, but I had a bad week. Tell us about your bad week, Kira.
3: Um, okay. Uh I I don't want to get into it too much. I
1: We're on the radio. We're going to get into it. <laughs> we got 7 minutes. <laughs> we are oh, going to get into it.
3: That is that is an eternity. Yeah. Um, so uh, Tell me about this week. What happened this okay, week? Okay. What this... happened this week? This <laughs> this past weekend, uh, I was pet-sitting for a very good
1: friend. Pet-sitting. What was the name of the dog?
3: Uh, what was
1: the name of the cat?
3: Uh, their cat's name is Pig. They okay. have two dogs.
1: Okay. All right. So you were cat-sitting and, and dog-sitting. Uh-huh. Anything else?
3: Uh, they had a turtle.
1: Okay. By the way, if you heard, the keyword there was <laughs> had a turtle, not yeah. they have a turtle.
3: It was a bummer at the time. What um, happened? Everything here's here's the worst part. Everything went according to plan. I go over on Friday.
1: Okay, where are these people, by the way?
3: Uh, they're in Des Moines.
1: Okay, no, I'm saying, did they leave for the weekend? They left for a night. What happened?
3: Oh, uh, were you honestly? You, I don't know.
1: <laughs> did you just barge into their house and you're like,
3: yep. "I am sitting here for these pets." Yep.
1: Okay, and they happen to not
3: be home for okay. the entire weekend, so okay. it worked out.
1: Okay, uh, gotcha. So they were out of town for the weekend. <laughs> you were pet sitting for the weekend. Got it. Yes. Okay.
3: Um, it's literally any, like if you have been in charge of pet sitting, I'm sure Mm -hmm. for a friend at one point in your life, it's your worst nightmare, uh, that something is going to go wrong. Absolutely. The worst part, uh, the worst thing that could have gone wrong did. And I go in on Saturday and turtle is not moving.
1: All right. So the turtle is not moving Saturday morning. Yes. Is this thing in an aquarium in a terrarium or whatever? Yes. Okay, so the turtle's not moving. Yes. How long did it take you?
3: Not long. Okay. Was the turtle
1: dead at that point? Okay. How long did it take you to realize that the turtle wasn't just doing turtle things, <laughs> which is includes not moving?
3: Oh, less than ten seconds.
1: How do you how do you know when a turtle is ill or dead? Um. Like, are they just flat? Like, is Can it die in its shell, or was it just flat out like a bearskin rug?
3: No, it. Oh, I don't want to talk about it, (laughs) (laughs) Kara. Kara, it's not even your turtle; it's your friend's turtle. I know. So, so the turtle
1: turtle is laying there because I've never seen a dead turtle. (laughs) I haven't. Like, why would I have seen a dead turtle? So, the turtle's laying there. Turtle's laying there like a bearskin rug. Yes. Arms and legs, and then the head is like this, like hanging there
3: what yeah. do you do I called her I called the owner of uh, my my dear friend and she, she talked me through what to do what do you do with the dead turtle um, did you bury it is no. it a pet
1: cemetery in the backyard
3: no um I, you don't flush
1: <laughs> it down a toilet I know it's no, not a goldfish
3: I, I I took it to the vet and they did in fact confirm yes he he is dead.
1: He's not faking it
3: He's not faking it, because apparently that is a thing that turtles do. <laughs> they fake it
1: <laughs> turtles very well. Fake death, is I this... guess.
3: Um, and wait, turtles
1: fake their own death? Well, they uh, to survive is that a survival tactic?
3: Probably. Okay. Who knows? All right. Um. But yeah, I I I basically just took him to the vet.
1: Okay. Like and any they, other. And they disposed of sick the sick pet. Yes. Got it. Got yes. it. I've I've had to take a passed away dog. That died in my closet once. Yeah. To the that is the worst. Yeah. That was my wife's best friend in the world. Long we can get um, to that story later.
3: But um, I, I want to put on the record he he was he was a very healthy, good turtle.
1: He was not very healthy.
3: Uh he was just very old. What did,
1: okay, so my, that was my next question. Yes. Like how old is this turtle? How long did your friend have a turtle?
3: Twenty-five years.
1: What? Twenty-five years. They had the turtle for two and a half decades? Mm-hmm. Oh, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. That changes the entire story. Mm-hmm. How big is it? Like a regular sized turtle, like like the size of a football, smaller uh, than like smaller, this? smaller, bigger than this mouse. Yes. Okay, so somewhere between a football and like a normal sized turtle. Yes. That I can see at the blank part. Not
3: Zoo. not like an alligator snapping turtle, where they get like the size of a size of a soccer,
1: and ball. not like a Galapagos title those their turtle was like that. Oh, if they had death.
3: a Galapagos tortoise, that would be. Dope, but no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you have a 25-year-old dead turtle. My gosh. Was your friend upset? Did they oh, see this yeah. coming? Um. And what is the life expectancy of a turtle?
3: So for this species of turtle, it is about 25 to 30 years. Oh, well, that
1: couldn't be that surprising.
3: Yeah. Uh, they were... Okay, obviously, you're... they were very upset. They mm. still are, honestly. Hope they're not listening. Sorry.
1: That's okay. Um, we haven't used anybody's names.
3: Uh, That's quite all right. But, yeah, no, they were... They were very upset. It's like any, losing any other pet.
1: I have no okay. Now.
3: <laughs> all right, huh. I like how I'm the, now the ESPN wildlife correspondent. You are. That, that's fine. <laughs>
1: Outdoors Dan Outdoors will be here tomorrow. Sorry. We'll call Dan. For, if I need to go pheasant hunting or deer hunting, Outdoors Dan is the first guy I'm calling. <laughs>
3: I'm the backup. I don't,
1: I don't know if Dan knows anything about turtles. He probably does. He's outdoors. Oh, he knows Dan. a
3: guy. He knows a guy who knows oh, a guy. <laughs> I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure he's got somebody who's got like a good deal on turtle meat or something. <laughs> I guarantee it. Love you, um, Dan. <laughs> so how do I and I know it's not your turtle, but you've known this person for a while, so you've yes. probably hung out with this turtle oh, yeah. in your life, you know, oh, yeah. for the last ten years or however long you've known this person.
3: Oh yeah.
1: How do you become connected to a turtle? Because a dog, I get when my wife's dog died that night. It was the saddest night ever. When I had to, I had to rehome a dog because we were having three babies in less than a year. This was a pit bull, and I couldn't take any chances. Honestly,
3: rehoming pets sucks. It was more. it was horrible. It sucks. It more. was the worst
1: morning of my. It was the last day I was in Kansas City. I drove to the vet. They found a home for her. Thank God. And then I, I sat in the car and just bawled my eyes oh, out yeah. when I said goodbye to her.
3: Yep. And it's then worse. I, I
1: went to work and my co-host at the time I was working for a radio station down there and she, she said, Are you okay? I said, no, give Bowie away. It was so terrible. I loved that dog. I thought that was my dog. But I and but dogs I get I hate cats, but I get how apparently people can become cats. How dare
3: you? Cats First are, of all. Cats On are, Halloween how dare you? Cats are the worst. They don't how like dare you. You. your
1: cat. Doesn't really like you. Ugh. It's always judging you. Ugh. Your dog loves you. Your cat, your cat doesn't care. Your cat doesn't really want you around. Like you open the door, That's not true. your dog runs up to you. You open the door, the cat's like, "Shut the door!" <laughs> All right.
3: You're so cats
1: are so judgy. But how do you become friends with the turtle?
3: Um, I mean. We we were talking off air. I I personally also own a reptile. I own a snake. Of course you do. And uh,
1: what kind of snake? I
3: feel bon- generic snake.
1: Gener- Think- <laughs> All right, generic corn snake,
3: snake but All generic right. snake. Picture a snake. That's a snake. Are it's you? Him.
1: And this is your friend. Your what's your snake's name? Arthur. Arthur. So you and Arthur chill. Yeah. Like, do you sit with Arthur in your lap?
3: Sometimes, and you, yeah. And you
1: pet Arthur?
3: Sometimes, yeah. Does Arthur
1: calm you down and soothe you after you leave this place? <laughs> he,
3: he, is, he is not an emotional support snake.
1: Okay, it's a real pet. Yes. Did you? Are you dressing Arthur up for Halloween?
3: No. Okay. He's, he's scary enough. He's a snake. People are scared of snakes. Yeah,
1: this very, people dress up as snakes. People don't dress snakes up.
3: <laughs> um, but no, like, even if you know, the animal isn't, like, cute and cuddly. Like, they still do, I don't know. Sometimes he does silly things. I'm like, you're a good snake.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> sometimes Sam the turtle did funny things. You just go, that's a good turtle. You're a good tur- turtle, what Sam. Tur- what's a funny
1: thing a turtle can do?
3: Oh, my gosh. Okay. We so, don't have
1: a ton of time here, but um, I need to know Sometimes this. when
3: you fed him, uh, he would just straight up miss trying to eat, and it was the funniest thing on the planet.
1: I do that when I'm drunk. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm sorry about your friend's turtle, and I appreciate you talking about it because I have learned a lot about pet turtles today, and that is uh, something I did not think I was going to get into when I woke up this morning, but here we are. Hey, have a very safe uh, beggar's night, safe Halloween We'll do it again coming up next week. My uh, thanks again to Tyler Dunn. If you missed anything, podcast at ESPNDes Moines.com. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air. Happy Halloween. Be good.